Hey everyone and welcome to this, the 16th episode of Good Friday Films, a podcast where we chat about movies with a Christian perspective. My name is Joe and today I'm not joined by anyone. No, unfortunately, Tiller, my usual co-host, is under the weather and won't be joining me. So, this is my chance to do the podcast all on my own, just for you guys. Um, get one up on him. So, yeah, now I guess I'm going to have one episode more than him for the rest of time, which is going to be great to be able to hold over his head next week. Uh, for any new listeners, this podcast is where we discuss popular movies, plus the themes and values we can get out of them. In this episode, we were going to be covering Citizen Kane, but I decided I'd save that for next week when Tiller's back. So instead, I thought I would just go through a movie that I watched uh, with another one of my friends, because it is a spooky month. It is October with Halloween coming up. I watched the movie No One Will Save You. Um, so yeah, No One Will Save You. It's a, it's a bit of a horror movie, but a bit spooky. I was not sure what to expect going into it, but... I had heard good things, so I really kind of had reasonably high expectations. Um, was looking forward to, I guess, some some different like effects, some cool, s- scary parts. I knew that it was about aliens. If you have watched the trailers, that's not really a spoiler. It's like an alien horror movie, um, and I haven't seen many alien horror movies, so I was excited for it. Uh, yeah, so No One Will Save You came out this year. It's a science fiction horror film. Written, wait, no, directed and produced by Brian Duffield, and it stars Caitlin Deaver. Um, it's only 93 minutes long, which is a good length. It has a budget of $22.8 million, and we don't know the box office, because we never know the box office of any movie that's been streamed online, unfortunately. Um, so we have no idea if it's done well or not, but it's done well critically. I believe it's um, sitting on 82% on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Um, which, you know, it's pretty good, pretty high rating, but yeah, let me get into it. Normally Till will do a non-spoiler plot summary, but I might just try (laughs) try my best. We'll call this, uh, Joe's attempt to pitch the movie. Really catchy name. Um, but yeah, so we have this character, Bryn, who lives alone in her house, um, kind of does a bit of crafting she has this model how like city set that she's trying to build up um goes into town to get a package that's been delivered no one in town really likes her you don't really know why um so yeah she feels pretty alone gets a bit upset at the way she's being treated by those in town goes back to her house all alone and that night she gets a visitor um and stuff just starts to go down. So, yeah, you'll have to watch it. Uh, yeah, it's I enjoyed it for the most part. I think before I get into spoilers, I did really like the concept of this. I enjoyed the, the way that it goes about. Firstly, the fact that there's pretty much no dialogue throughout the entire movie. I thought it really did a good job of building tension. Um, just in different scenes with no, no one speaking... Um, and you have these weird creatures kind of wandering around in the background. I really liked that aspect of it. Um, I also thought that the um, the story was interesting. I thought that the different, like, plot reveals... I mean, there weren't... Nothing was super secretive. Nothing was super difficult to work out. 
but it was still interesting to watch overall. And I mean, overall, it was a really short movie, which kind of saved it because by the end of it, I was starting to get a bit bored. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, okay, I get the idea. Um, but no, it was it was cool. It's a really nice looking movie. I thought the effects hold up really well, especially for such a low budget movie. The um the aliens, they looked really good. I thought, um, even though there weren't many of them, and I even like the special effects of the UFOs flying around and shooting their their beams. I thought that was really cool. I think there's some really cool like action parts in this movie. Some really unique ways that the director has tried to get some scares and some like almost a bit of violence into it, which I thought was interesting and like entertaining. But I think for the most part, this wasn't as good as I was expecting it to be. It, I mean, it's addressing some deeper topics in the movie, which I'll get into a bit later. So yeah, I felt that was, I mean, interesting in itself, but it didn't really address them well. I didn't think it kind of felt a bit shoehorned in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they fully fleshed it out as well as I would have liked. And that might be because there wasn't much dialogue in it. But I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't didn't really enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I think as well, it wasn't very scary. <laughs> so if you're looking for a, a horror movie, it has a couple of scenes where it's like a bit of, it's, it's quite tense. But for the most part, it's resolved pretty easily. There isn't much that happens that you're like actually scared for, for the character about. But no, overall, positive. I said the movie was all right. If you haven't seen it, it's short. It's unique. I'd recommend it. But yeah, it's not... I don't know if it's 83% like on Run Tomorrow. I don't think that's accurate. I feel like that just more stems from critics watching a movie that has done something a bit different and being happy that it's different. Um, but I don't know if it's that entertaining. But yeah, no. Go give it a watch. Let me know your thoughts. Um, send it through. You might disagree. That's fine. We, we can disagree. We can all disagree on opinions. <laughs> So yeah, I might get into some spoilers now. So if you haven't seen it, I would, yeah, I'd say stop, go watch it. It is worth the watch. Even if, I mean, look, if you don't like horror movies or scary movies, it's probably not worth it. What's a movie that it's similar to? I don't know. It is just like one of those classic alien horror movies. So it's just a bit creepy, this concept of these aliens that are way more powerful and have way more control than we do. Uh, But yeah, nothing super scary. I don't really know what <laughs> what to compare it to, but if you like like something that's a little bit spooky, you don't want something too scary, go watch it. Otherwise, just stick around. Getting into spoilers straight away. I think, yeah, I might just start off on that point. I thought it was really bizarre with these aliens. They were, um, it wasn't very consistent how powerful they were meant to be. So for some of the movie, they have, well, most of the movie, they have like telekinesis and they're throwing objects around the room and... I mean, they're destroying buildings, but this girl <laughs> is just able to kill them. I think she kills like three of them, which it just kind of got a bit ridiculous by the end of it. I think the last alien she kills is this, it's bigger than a house and she manages to blow it up somehow. Um, so these are some very stupid aliens, it feels like, for aliens that can, yeah, immediately kill anyone. Um so, yeah, I, I felt that was a bit inconsistent. It made it a bit less believable, kind of the more she, she got away with. Because it just started to feel... Like, honestly, it turned into a bit of a comedy. Just cracking up at how she's constantly defeating these aliens. So, yeah, 
don't know. It was it was funny, but it wasn't necessarily what they were going for, I felt. I don't think they were trying to make it funny. But that being said, I really did like the alien designs. I think there were three in the movie. There was the first guy who was just like a your standard grey man alien big head. And that's the one, the first one that Bryn kills. And that was not very unique. But then you had obviously the giant guys with the huge legs. And I really liked how creepy they looked. Um, that was probably the the most... I mean, aside from the first scene where she meets the aliens, having the giant alien chasing it was probably the most tense part. Some good moments there. And then there was the, like, the little tiny alien. <laughs> the one that was just like a baby alien chasing her around. That was really funny. Just her kind of beating up this tiny alien. But no, the design's really good. I thought the effects were good. It felt like it was a prop alien, the, the body, after she killed it. And it held up really well compared to when it was alive. So, yeah, great quality effects, um, which is impressive considering there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't much money going into this movie comparatively. Um, I also really liked the effect of, like, the beaming of the alien, the spaceships. I think they did something cool there where a guy got caught in, like, I think it's called, like, a tractor beam and his back, like, looked like it broke. <laughs> and it just kind of really emphasized how powerful this scene is. would have to be to just suck you up into the air. Um, I thought that was a really cool concept. And even when it's, like, shot into the house against the wall, um, and she's being pinned in against the wall, or... Yeah, I thought a lot of that was some really cool effects and some cool concepts. Um, I also, yeah, really liked the whole progression of her going into the city and people not liking her and you not really knowing why she was, she was disliked. Um, that was a bit of intrigue uh, and also made it kind of make a bit more sense of why she wouldn't have anyone around to help her. I mean, yeah, it comes back to the title of the movie, right? No one will save you. Just this idea of, I mean, in most horror movies, someone's alone and they have no one there. Well, like for some reason they can't get any help. Well, I felt like this did a good job of isolating the character and where even if there were aliens, people might still not help her, <laughs> um, which I thought was a, a clever concept. Yeah, but I mean, aside from that, there was, I mean, a couple of moments that were a bit weird, like they created a doppelganger version of her, which I didn't really understand the concept of. Um, I felt like there was probably meant to be some kind of commentary happening there, but it wasn't very clear to me. If we're just looking at objectively, like from a story perspective, what the aliens are trying to do, for those of you who haven't seen it, is they're basically going into town. I think my impression is these aliens have arrived to take over this town, but they're actually possessed by a different type of alien, like these little tentacled spiky dudes. Um, and so these actual aliens are spiky, like spreading viruses are just trying to spread into the town and possess everyone there. And so you see that happen over the course of the movie. Different characters, like different humans start getting possessed or like controlled by the aliens. It leads to this really funny scene on the bus where one of the people in the bus is like what controlled by an alien. And so he, he decides to, rather just walking down and attacking Bryn, the character, he, for some reason, he decides to walk across the top of the seats in like the slowest fashion. Which, I mean, obviously the director's gone, this will be creepier. But logically, it just means that the alien takes twice as long to actually get to the character that he wants to get to. Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so Bryn, I mean, kills the first alien like she she finds. Like, some, an alien's in, in her house, so she kills that. 
then she tries to contact people, but the aliens, they, like, short out all electronics when they arrive. So, she can't phone anyone. Her car won't start. So, she goes for a ride, um, tries to go down to the police station to report an alien, I guess, and the police chief's wife spits on her. So, she's very upset. She leaves. Tries to catch the bus back home. And that's when kind of she gets attacked by this person who's been possessed by an alien. And it all just kind of progresses. Lots of people, the whole group of people that she finds have been possessed. You kind of see in like a sh- overhead shot. Um, there are a lot of actually really good drone shots of just like a top down view. And as the movie progressed, it would reveal just on the edges of the screen like, oh, there's these um, UFO like rings on people's lawns. Ooh, my cat has arrived to give me company. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But anyway, so she heads back home to, I guess, reinforce her house for the coming invasion. And then the aliens come back for her. And she kills an- another one, I think. She killed like a little baby one. <laughs> one of the aliens goes together and they see that she had a friend that's now dead in one of her photos. So anyway, she kills another alien, a big one, by blowing up her car. Then they send down, well, they try to possess her first. And it shows when she's being possessed, she's living in this like fantasy dream. She just dreams like she's in this happy world. Her mum's alive, her friend's alive, and she rejects it. She kind of is able to tell that it's a dream, which means she, and she pulls out the alien from her throat. Um, so the next step for them is they try and create a clone of her. So anyway, roundabout way to kind of say, I didn't really understand logically why the aliens would try and do that because either a they're trying to i guess seamlessly um take over the town by possessing it all or they just get rid of all kind of like opposition so they just kill her why would they bother replacing her at all it didn't make any sense and it's not like they would need to blend in the fact that she was dead because everyone in the town is possessed so it it doesn't make a difference but yeah anyway so that was confusing to me she kills her clone she's able to stab them i guess um with a box cutter but then finally she gets pulled up into the spaceship and the aliens probe her mind they investigate her her memories and you discover that the reason the town hates her is when she was little she got into a fight with one of her friends which was the police chief's daughter and she hit her in the head with a rock and the friend died um so yeah bit of a darker topic um, but that kind of explains why no one likes her and, and everyone kind of avoids her. Even though she, it was clearly something that she regrets, something that she didn't want to do. But yeah, I think overall this kind of just leads to the, the point that the movie is trying to act as... I mean, firstly, it's a horror movie. But also, it's trying to play the, the role of um, addressing the concept of forgiveness, I guess self-forgiveness mostly where she's done this really horrible thing in the past but even she struggles to forgive herself for it and she feels like it kind of shows that she feels really terrible about it and she doesn't really think very highly of her and so i guess the course of the movie can also be viewed as like an analogy of forgiving yourself where yeah she's she's all alone and isolated Um, And she feels such guilt, but potentially a lot of that doesn't need to be there because she knows that she, um, yeah, didn't 
didn't do it intentionally, even if other people are blaming her and, I mean, not, not treating her very well. Um, but, yeah, so I thought that was kind of the main theme of the movie was this idea of self-forgiveness. And that's what I mean when I said killing this doppelganger. I feel like that was more meant to be like a metaphorical thing, which I don't really like. If it's if it's only metaphorical, it makes no logical sense. I prefer it to be able to play two roles. But, yeah, I felt that the idea behind it was for her to kind of face this self-damning part of herself, this part of herself that is constantly accusing her, which the doppelganger represents, and finally she um, is able to, like, put that part to death and be like, no, actually, I'm not going to, yeah, just be, I guess, defeated by this. Um, because that's really what it is when you're, when you're living this life of, I guess, just full of guilt and self-not conviction, but condemnation. It just really leads to defeat and a feeling of hopelessness of, you know, you, you don't view yourself very highly and that impacts the way you live and the, impacts the way you treat yourself and you can really end up in the self-destructive behavior. And so, yeah, I thought that was what that was trying to address was like, actually, no, she's, she finally achieves victory against herself and her own perspective on herself, um, which I thought was interesting. And I guess in the, in, now that we're in the themes section the values and themes, it, yeah, it, when it comes as a Christian, these concepts of self, like, condemnation is a really big one because I think a lot of people who, um, have been raised in a Christian household or even just with Christian values, you'll see a lot of the time, the reason a lot of people decide growing up that they don't want to be a Christian is because they want to live a life guilt-free is what I've, what I read online. This idea of oh, you know, I want to be able to do all these things and not feel guilty about it. Um, and so, it's actually kind of a big deal that as Christians, we often kind of enforce this level of guilt of this feeling of shame that I've done the wrong thing and I have to feel shameful about it. Um, where I believe in reality that what Jesus has done for us is not only a forgiveness of sins, but a removal of guilt and shame. And so, when people try and run away from Jesus and go like, you know, I want to go do my own thing and not feel guilty about it. I don't think that's, that's really the correct solution. Cause I believe you could be a Christian and, and also not feel guilty about the sins that you've done and not feel well, more, not feel shameful. Um, and I think just ignoring the fact that you've done something wrong. I mean, you can do that as a Christian as well. You can just be a Christian and ignore the sin in your life. But I think that is covering up the problem. I think deep down, we all know when we've done something wrong and ignoring it doesn't change that. And I mean, what we believe, what the Bible teaches about sin is that not only is it wrong because God doesn't want us to do it, but it's also wrong because it's bad for us. <laughs> and so just ignoring the fact that, you know, we're not meant to do it, won't like get rid of the, the truth that it's actually going to be damaging to us in our lives. But yeah, so as a Christian, what what I'm able to live out is as someone who does do the wrong thing and does sin, um, I don't have to condemn myself because in God's eyes, I'm forgiven through Jesus. Um, that doesn't mean I keep doing the wrong thing. But when I do something that's bad and I know it's bad, I can acknowledge it and be like, oh, you know, this is something that I shouldn't have done and I didn't want to do. And I, I'm sorry for that, God. But then I'm able to move forward knowing I'm fully forgiven and it's all been forgotten. You know, this isn't something that's being held on to. And so, you can live a life free from that, that guilt and shame without having to ignore the fact that 
you're sinful and you've done the wrong thing. And I think that can only come through forgiveness. Um, forgiveness of God, which is the first thing that you have, but knowing that you're forgiven from, by God, you kindly don't have an excuse not to forgive yourself. <laughs> it's like, well, if, if Jesus has forgiven me, why, sh- why should I keep holding on to it? Um, so, yeah, I think that's when it comes to that theme of like addressing this self-condemnation, I really do think it's a, a valid and a big topic, especially even as Christians, we often forget the fact that we are forgiven. So, we don't need to continue to feel shame for the sin that we've done. Um, we want to we wanna live a life pleasing to God, but being ashamed of our of, of our actions and being ashamed, like so to the point where you see, you know, this person really isolated and defeated. God doesn't want that for our lives. He wants us to have the freedom that comes through forgiveness. But yeah, I think the last thing I'll, I'll say, which I thought was funny, <laughs> was the movie ends. Um, the aliens kind of see that she killed her friend and they decide, I guess, that she suffered enough that kind of through... Because she killed her friend, the town's rejected her her whole life and her mum's dead as well. And yeah, I don't know. I guess they just decide, oh, well, we won't possess her. We'll just, we'll just let her live her life. And so, the movie ends with (laughs) Bryn's in the town and everyone in the town loves her because they're all possessed now. And so, she just gets to be happy hanging out with all these aliens and not not worried about anything anymore, which I just thought was pretty funny because to me, it just kind of shows that the character is a psychopath. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't care about anyone else. And it kind of calls into question the whole theme that I just mentioned, because <laughs> it's like, well, is she really forgiving herself or is she more like what I did wasn't bad? Like, it doesn't need to be forgiven because people don't matter. And I don't care if people are possessed by aliens and die. Um, yeah, so a bit of a twist ending, I guess you'd say. She was the bad guy all along. Um, doesn't really care that all of humanity will be possessed by aliens. But I guess it's a happy ending for her, so that's nice. Um, yeah, I also, just a thought, a question I have for any of you out there who might know. Um, I'm, it's interesting because I don't, don't really explain why, like, what the argument was about. That she had with her friend. And I, I guess in some senses that speaks to arguments of like, oh, you know, a deeper point here is we can often just get into these really big fights and arguments and things that happen in our lives. And we don't even remember later what caused it. And so, it's often like, well, it's not worth getting into if it's not something that we'll remember. But I think it's interesting because in the memory, she's in her house with her mother and then she runs outside and there's police there. And so, I think maybe something's happened with her mum. And this might have been when her mum died. Potentially, the night her mum died. And then her friend comes and chases after her. And they had an argument about her mum, maybe. Or maybe she's saying like, yeah, I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. They seem to be linked together. But yeah, anyway, the um, youth pastor takeaway for this week. Very easy. <laughs> I'm sure you can guess it. Um... Bryn had no one to save her, but you can know that Jesus will save you. There you go. Easy. Black and white. Just replacing two words. So easy. Youth pastors, you're welcome. So, now we enter into a time where we can look at some of those great little pieces of facts and truth and entertainment. IMDb trivia. Um, 
There aren't many because it is a recent movie. But yeah, here we go. Uh, there are only five words spoken through the entire film. But yeah, I thought that was really fun. That was cool. It meant that really anyone can watch this movie and understand exactly what's going on because no one's speaking. Like You don't need to know English. Here we go. It's revealed in the flashback sequence when the aliens are probing her mind that Bryn killed her childhood friend Maud by hitting her in the head with a rock, swinging her right arm, causing a devastating blow to Maud. Bryn uses the same technique to kill the first alien that invades her home. When the alien tries to use telekinesis to restrain Bryn, she swings her left arm and stabs it in the head with a damaged clock tower from her model town, killing it. There you go. Wow. So each of the aliens play some part in her recovery. That first alien is her just doing the initial deed of murder. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Last one. Just three days after the film was released on Hulu, Stephen King gave it the highest praise on his Twitter account, where he posted this comment, No one will save you. Brilliant, daring, involving, scary. You have to go back over 60 years to a Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode called The Invaders to find anything remotely like it. Truly unique. Truly unique. There you go. Well, I mean, that explains why I couldn't really think of any movies that were like it. Um, but yeah, that's the end of my review of No One Will Save You. I recommend it. Um, but again, it's not that good. <laughs> Everyone seems to really think it's amazing. Whereas I thought it was okay. It's, you know, a chill night, maybe a few spooks. Maybe if you're not big on horror movies, this could be your Halloween movie. Because it isn't that scary. Just a little bit chilling at times. But yeah, well, now it's time. Dylan, it's time. It's trailer time. Well, normally this is trailer time. But trailer time is really meant to be a time for me to show Tiller a movie that I'm looking forward to and excited for. Um, But I guess I'll just use this time to share quickly about something else that I've been- a couple other things I've been watching. I recently watched the documentary Beckham on Netflix. I thought that was interesting. Kind of, I'd never really heard much about David Beckham. Uh, even I mean, aside from just the obvious, he's a soccer player, or f- a football player, sorry. Um, but yeah, kind of four episodes, each one like an hour long, and he just explores his career. I found that really entertaining, just the drama that was involved in there. I'm always surprised whenever I hear how much drama is involved in sports. Like, that's what I really enjoy about the about the Drive to Survive series, because there's a lot more dra- drama involved in F1 than I was expecting there to be. So, yeah, enjoy the Beckham documentary. Um, what else have I been watching? Um, the Welcome to Wrexham series. It's just like a lot of sport, a lot of sports shows. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really watched any other movies recently. I mentioned a while back I watched the, um, the new One Piece, the live action show on Netflix, and I would really recommend that. I like, it's like so, so true to, I guess, the um, anime style in live action. I, I think it's got really good production quality and I found it really entertaining. As someone who's never seen the actual One Piece show, <laughs> the One Piece show, um, I found it really good because it kind of gets through a lot of the story very quickly, which is one of the reasons, even though One Piece, I've heard lots about it. I never have wanted to watch it because it's just so long and I don't have the time. So I felt this this show really like felt like it powered through a lot of the story in a reasonable time. It had good like the effects and the production quality was all really good. I felt the performances were good for the most part. At times it was a bit corny, but 
that kind of again speaks to the drama and like the um I don't know the emphasis that is put into performances in anime. So I would recommend it. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. And it's a unique kind of concept. It's not what you'd expect. It's like a pirates but with superhero powers. Um so yeah, I thought that was fun. One thing that I'm looking forward to, uh I saw the new trailer for Invincible Season 2 has just come out. If you haven't seen Invincible, it's a show, like a cartoon that came about a superhero. Uh, and it kind of addresses, it's another one of those Superman, but what if he's evil? Um, and it's done really well. It's just this idea of this Superman who, um, yeah, that the show starts in a really dramatic way. I don't spoil any of it, but yeah, really does it in an excellent way. Like, does an excellent job at it. And so, the season two, I believe, is coming out later this year, maybe the start of next year. So, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but, yeah, I think I might just finish up there. My voice is getting a bit tired after talking <laughs> by myself. Hopefully, for you guys who've listened, this hasn't been too boring. Um, I just felt, you know, might as well get an episode out um, for those of you who are expecting one. But yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us at goodfridayfilms.com. Send us a message there or email us at goodfridayfilmspod at gmail.com. I'd love to get any feedback from you. Let me know any movies you want us to watch or review. Uh, Let me know your thoughts and no one will save you. Um, Otherwise, yeah, just chuck us a message. Give us a like on any of the social media platforms. Um, We'd love to hear from you. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Next week, Tiller and I will be back with... Finally, Citizen Kane. Bye.